Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down into the show notes and see all the awesome links that we have for you. If you could leave us a review on the iTunes, that would be wonderful. Nice another. Just go on over there. Don't click the four star or the three star. We're a five star family here. <laughs> five stars. But we, we appreciate any reviews that we, we can get. It obviously helps other people to uh, take this podcast seriously, and we put a lot of hard work into it. So we appreciate everyone uh, leaving a review. And if you're listening today and you're not subscribed, if you want to hit that subscribe button, that really helps us move up in the rankings too. So we appreciate it. Only five stars, people. <laughs> You don't have to listen to him. No pressure, anybody. Um, But today we're super excited because we have a spring two-part extravaganza. Explosion extravaganza. Absolutely. You know, know, obviously in the Wayback Machine, someone might be listening to this after the fact. It's late March. It's starting to get warm. My gosh, mm-hmm. we were outside in the sun today. It was it was ma- magical. I pulled out my hammock today. I'm just going to say <laughs> yeah, it. I know that it was premature, but I enjoyed it. I'll have to put it away for a while longer, I'm sure. But uh, it was good while it lasted. Yep. It's getting beautiful. Everybody is thinking about, I think a lot of people have on their minds, potentially growing some food this year. And so that's the next two episodes are going to be kind of keying in on that idea and just talking mm-hmm. a little bit about... You know, the ideas and the concerns and the thoughts you might need to have going into something this this is your first time, or even if you're an experienced gardener and you've got the little ones running around, you know, maybe just reset kind of what you're thinking and, and utilize, you know, this wonderful resource that we have in our backyard, wonderful sun, soil, and a few seeds. It's a magic it's magical what, what can happen. Yeah, it's, and it's such a great homeschool opportunity. There, especially in so the summer. Many, especially it's a summer thing where, where a lot of homeschool families will stop. It, yeah, it, it's it's wonderful. There's so many amazing things to learn by being outside uh, and growing either food or uh, flowers or whatnot together. Uh, so we wanted to touch on that today and just see if we can, you know, give you some uh, food for thought about where to start, all the things that you can learn gardening with your kids and how it can enhance your homeschool. So, but we ended up having so much, we couldn't put it all into just one episode. Yeah. So the first episode here is we're going to, I think, focus more on kind of the philosophy of bringing your kids into the garden or creating mm-hmm. a garden space, kind of the ideas around that. And I think the follow-up episode, we're going to kind of get more into the nuts and bolts just right. ideas and, and priorities and Matt is being like uh he's he's uh he's bearing the lead here that he is a master gardener WSU trained master gardener was former until I, I mean I think it counts once a master gardener always a master gardener I, I realized it was nothing more than a work program for uh old lady master gardeners and keeping up their gardens yeah it was Matt and all the retirees taking the master yeah. gardener class and then answering questions at the local Hagen uh, you know but 
your knowledge is vast, sir. And we're hoping we're going to combine the the homeschool part of this with all of Matt's wonderful gardening knowledge. So if you've never gardened before, you always thought that looked cool, but you have no idea what to grow and no idea where to start. And you're not sure how you can wrap your homeschool into all of this. These are the episodes for you. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to answer some of these questions uh, and we'll do our best. So maybe we should uh, get right into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times there are different types of gardens. You know, some some people may actually just be starting their first garden. They're kind of wondering what to do, you know, how to set it up, you know, where's the, where's the space, how big do I go, you know, what do I what do I grow, and all those type of questions. You know, there's other families that have more experienced gardens. You know, maybe they've been gardening for a little while. They've got you know maybe a, a thousand square feet in garden production, or you know may, maybe you're one of those families that you know has a small farm and you've got a half acre of produce that you grow every year, you know, thinking about, this might not be for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, you know like with, with it's all, always good to think every year's a new plan, right? We every used to sit down plan, yes. when we had acreage, we had, we had 20 acres for a number of years and we thought this is, this is pre-children that we were going to be, um, selling a produce, homestead family, one a of homestead those family. Homestead families. Yeah. And that we were going to sell produce at the farmer's market. We had the whole thing. We did end up working at the farmer's market, but we didn't sell produce. We baked bread because we had some, very rough uh, conditions on our farm but in that in that time period we really learned a lot about uh how you plan every year for a farm we've worked on several uh farms that are that are were successful operating farms unlike our own um (laughs) and so there was a lot of good things to learn so even if you this is something you do year after year hopefully you'll get a little bit out of you know how to think of this in a homeschool light um but you've got some initial questions for them to think about um Every, you know, that you should think about every year. So right now, as you're planning your garden, uh, here's the things that you should think about. Yeah. So basically the first thing is, you know, th- is this your first garden? You know, that that's the first big question there. You'll, you'll immediately segment and triage people, you know, in one direction or the other, somebody who has an existing garden versus a, a new garden. That's always the first thing you have to, to consider. And once you do that, then you need to think about, okay, how am I going to bring my students into this space a lot of times these spaces can be very protected they may be you know like i'm <laughs> the gardens near my parents house have a lot of deer fencing mm-hmm. so they're all six feet high and they have gates to get into them um, you may have just basic fencing um, you may have a young child you may want to think about how how do you allow them into that space with delicate plants you know these are these are just like High level concerns. Right. How are, much are space you, do you want to devote to this? Do you have like we do a two year old who exactly. is very grabby grabby and will probably pull, young pull the seedlings weeds. out yeah. of the ground. She'll pull the seeds and the tomato plants out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, and we have an older child too. So thinking about is this your first garden? If this is, uh, you know, how how are you thinking about? you know, for your specific family and, and your ages of your children and temperaments of your children, exactly. how you could incorporate them into this activity safely without um, hurting those precious plants. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you are bringing them into the space, you know, maybe they're a little bit older and maybe you want to give them a little bit of responsibility. Are you going to be doing this as a chore? Is it going to be a learning mm-hmm. experience of chores? Is it something that you're devoting, you're giving them free space to plant whatever they want, right. to care what they want? Do they get their own little garden exactly, or are they yeah. incorporating and helping with what the family is doing? Yeah. So th- that those are very different things. And, you know, giving them their own space and saying, okay, you're, you're over here and this is, you know, we will work on your little garden, which we've been talking about what we're going to do with our kids. And yeah. we believe that that's the route we're going to go personally because mm-hmm. we have such a little one that we can say, you know, this is your garden. And if things get all, 
you know, messy and um, there ends up being problems with uh, <laughs> seedlings getting snapped off when they just have their first blossom of life, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. then, you know, it's not going to be what our family is going to grow for, for our summer garden. So that's what we're thinking, that we're going to give our, our kids each their own dedicated spaces that they can garden in. But maybe that's not going to work for you, or maybe you don't have very much space and you need yeah. to do everything together. So really just kind of take a couple minutes and think about, you know, what you see as the the right avenue for you and your kids. And the other thing too, is that it's a very messy thing and yeah, messiness, messy. <laughs> messiness can be, you know, concern for a lot. You know, there, I know there's a lot of homeschoolers who right now are yelling, oh, you just put them in a tough hoe and they'll be fine. I love a tough hoe, man. But, you know, you don't want them tromping dirt into the house, which I know our little one will do, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want them, maybe you have a nice patio with a nice deck that, you know, you do, you know, entertaining and things like that. And maybe you don't want dirt strewn all over the place. You know, just those basic considerations to think about. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this goes along with having your kids outside at yeah, all. Exactly. And how do you manage, you know, kids playing outside and being in the dirt? And what does that look like? Maybe if you're going to be outside and you're going to be gardening more in the dirt, you want to set up like a little wash station outside with uh, an empty tub right next to where the hose is at and, yeah. and give some sort of kind of protocol of, okay, we always wash our hands and, and take off our boots, wash our boots off before mm-hmm. we come in. This is a great time to go and get your kids some, some boots and some guard gloves and a few things like that, that they can strip off. And we, the first time our daughter went out when you were just starting messing mm-hmm. with some of our blueberry, uh, blueberries in the backyard and she went out with her tennis shoes and they just got like totally ruined and, and, she came in, those were her only tennis shoes. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, ugh, now I have to wash these and they're wet and the whole thing. So getting them gear, just like you would have the right gear. Mm-hmm. I mean, we walk out back in our tennis shoes and don't think about it, but, uh, you know, kids are messy little, little creatures. So, you know, give it, give a little bit of thought to your own situation. Absolutely. So, you know, those are just the basic questions you want to sit down and think about, you know, just wrap your hand around it. You may already have a good idea, but, you know, always considering the various, you know, different multi factor considerations um when it comes to something as complex as doing a garden um you know giving a whole space to creating Mm -hmm. something that is delicate and time sensitive and touch sensitive you know we do want to make sure we have the right considerations and how do we protect both your children from from what you're doing and also you know protect the plants from your children right you know are you gonna are you gonna in some way um you know wall off your garden with small fencing or something so your kids don't end up playing in the garden space um some sometimes you have animal issues right some plants could make your children sick if they eat them raw so you might want to think a little bit about what you grow um and if your child is you know prone to putting all kinds of things in their mouth (laughs) so (laughs) we have one that totally is and one that is not so that worked out okay so Um, so, you know going from those initial considerations the next thing you want to think about is as we kind of alluded earlier is this is a great experience to learn right we we always are doing things in the homeschool family when we are incorporating our children into home life whether it's cooking whether it's working in the garage doing car work whatever it might be we've heard the millions of stories that there's learning everywhere in the house. Mm-hmm. Garden is no different. Obviously, we know this. This we have biology, we have weather, we have soil science, mm-hmm. we have literally, you know, plant physiology. We have everything embedded right there for us. And what's great about it, and what I like about the idea of having a garden and incorporating your your learner into that is, as we said a little bit earlier, is that the summers are tend to be periods where we take off on learning, where we we take a break. 
or or we are we doing something down. different, we do something or different, or lighter, or something, yeah. something lighter. But a lot of families will take a take a break and, mm-hmm. and they'll do less in some respects. And even we are we do the same thing. We go yeah. year round, but we do kind of gear it down just a little bit in the summer. Yeah, because the summers are busy, busy, fun times. Well, and they're the prettiest time of the year for us here in the Pacific Northwest. And we don't want to miss out on any of that, uh, you know, the opportunities of playing outside and doing mm-hmm. fun things. And the garden is a great example of being able to do something fun mm-hmm. and enjoyable outside that, us, you know, that gives back to us in a rejuvenating, uh, you know, aspect to our lives. You know, we Absolutely. can put food on the table and the, and the, and the and the happiness of being able to grow something for ourselves, even the children growing something for us is, is really nice. So let's talk a little bit about like, what are the aspects of education that we can see in a garden? No. Yeah. So in the very basics, uh, for our youngest learners, teaching counting, oh, yeah. measuring, uh, sizes, there can even be geometry with how you're planning out your garden, mm-hmm. right? You know, seeds need to be buried in a certain amount of depth. We need a certain uh, inch spacing. So there's all kinds of great, you know, very early basic uh, mm-hmm. counting and measuring and that kind of thing. Reading of the seed packets and the planting guides. So there's there's all kinds of opportunities to read about how to... To not just the seed the seed packet itself, but then how to care for and maintain it, or when you're picking de- out seeds, the yeah. seed catalog. You know, yeah, how do you decide what to buy? More details on like actually how to actually grow that plant. Like, right? You know, it's not just like oh, put the seed here and blah blah blah. You know, a lot of times you may have to do a little bit more in depth on you know here are the types of you know, issues that could come with the plant. I need to learn about that, right? And, and those type right. of aspects of, of actually growing is... And like in the seed catalog, there's like, yeah. you know, 18 varieties of, <laughs> you know, cucumber. Which one do you get and why? Which yeah. one's the right one for your soil? So there's a lot of, you know, looking at your weather. There's the, there's looking up of, you know, what's the temperature ranges in your area? How much sun? How much rain do you get? So there's a lot of weather-related mm-hmm. and planning aspects there, too. Next one would be science. I mean... Oh, so much science. Built, built right into that, you have insect science. You have so- bugs. Soil science. We're always you, going after earthworms. Especially if your family does a lot of composting, you can you can fold in a lot of composting science, mm-hmm. breaking down, you know, recycling, reusing, mm-hmm. all of that type of aspect of the world outside i i always i always love the idea that you know you always go to the store and you get the groceries or if you go to the farm if you do a csa and you get you get your your vegetables but the aspect of actually watching you know the product grow outside mm-hmm. and then you bring that in you're like it's sort of like when you have a kid at, at, at the <laughs> at the you know at the hospital and you come home and you're like i'm able to just walk out of here with the kid it's like i'm able to just go pick this potato and I cook it, and, and then eat, eat it. it. And it came from the ground in my own backyard. It, yeah. I just washed cool, it off, and I now I'm eating it. It's so strange. Right? It's, it's a such really a strange... cool feeling. I mean, there is there's so much science, right? We've got movement of the sun and migration of birds, pH in your soil, so water. All of gardening is science. So yeah. you know any aspect that you want to look at that you want to pull in, you can do, and you can accentuate anything in there, right? If right. you're composition of your dirt. Exactly. I mean, if you have a little bit of an older, older student, maybe you want to get in a little bit of the chemistry of like, okay, this Absolutely. fertilizer, you know, what are, you know, what are the actual nutrients that are breaking down in the soil and becoming bioavailable and mm, being up yeah. at uptake? Study you know, photosynthesis. Up, yeah. How are they getting into the plant? You know, maybe planting some plants that are sacrificial so that you can actually pull them out and look at the root development over time. You know, mm-hmm. things of that nature is a really cool thing to do, especially if you're doing like seed stars. You can actually see that happen in real time. Mm-hmm. That is such an, an amazing experience to actually see it happen, you know, and to include that with your, 
you know, some other type of unit study mm-hmm. would just, I think, be really illuminating. Right. You can look at nutrients in plants, vitamins, and how different foods affect our bodies based on the nutrients that they have. Well, you have the nutrition aspect of all of this. Absolutely. Talking about food and, and, and what your body needs, you know, your macro, micronutrients, all of those type of aspects, and then, and then kind of align that with the, the food you're growing, mm-hmm. I think is a... It's a great way to kind of bring that synergy together. Like, oh, we're going to eat more lettuce greens or more kale because there's, you know, this nutrient versus this nutrient. Yeah, I I think it definitely, one of the things too that gardening helps with is those picky eaters because you grew it yourself. And so trying more things, if you have kids that are really hesitant to eat vegetables, have them help grow vegetables is a really great way. One of the things I like all about plant science is that in many aspects, gardeners are experimenting right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, you know, I bought, I bought this kind of, uh, topsoil this year and I bought, this, I, I'm doing uh, plant starts this year instead of seeds and I'm watering them with this and, Oh, I have this special fertilizer, right? There's, you're always like testing. There's lots of hypothesis mm-hmm. when it comes to gardening and something that you can so easily do so cheaply is run all kinds of science experiments with your plants, right? Mm-hmm. So you, if you want to talk about, uh, the sun and how photosynthesis affects plant growth, then have your student plant X amount of seeds in the sun for most, most of the day sun and the other amount half day shade or, yeah. you know, how nutrients affect plants, get, you know, give them different things to eat, different, different types of fertilizers. I mean, the, the amount of different trial and error. And yeah. I, I love just, just the idea of planting four different tomato plants and four different sun combinations and, and seeing see what, what happens. happens over the course of the summer. It's, it's like this great thing. long experiment. I mean, what we do in engineering, you know, because I, I work with engineers and I have, I have been an engineer for many years. The, You're married to an engineer. Well, yeah, I'm married to an engineer. The, the biggest thing that we do is we, we say, oh, we've got this problem or we think we can do something better. And our hypothesis is this, mm-hmm. and then we go and we test it. Because even though we know all the principles that, yeah, if I do the design this way, this should be much stronger. We we can't say that with certainty until we actually do it and test it. Just because it should be, quote unquote, doesn't mean that it is. And so I love anything where our kids get the opportunity to do this hypothesis type mm-hmm. work, because this is what the process of inventing and engineering is all about. Yeah, we know all these principles. We studied it in the book. We think it's going to do this. We've done calculations, and now let's do it and test it and see that it works. And and you can take that with any aspect that you want to study. So anything that you choose to do, maybe one bed you put earthworms in, and the other bed you don't, and you <laughs> see how they affect the soil. I mean, yeah, there's sure. all kinds of different or compost ways. Compost on one versus compost on, on another. Yeah, yeah, like I just I feel like if you're not going to run an experiment with it, what a mist. Like I want to run experiments on everything and just see and see what our kids think is going to happen. What great learning opportunities that is. Absolutely. Then you can get into more of the practical skills. You know, I love the idea of the hands-on skills. Right, which just, we don't get enough of. And, and there's don't. a blessing in homeschool that we get to do that, right? We get to do hands-on things they wouldn't get to do at school. Absolutely. Yeah, Building I, raised beds or like, birdhouses. Oh, um, or, we're, we're going we're gonna to prune the tomato plants and, the, you know, the little suckers that are coming off because we don't want, you know, additional branching or... Mm-hmm oh, we're going to trim the bottom leaves of our kale and let it continue to grow and, and not tearing the whole plant out. You know, just those fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. You can even get them into building the, you know, if you're going to do raised beds, if you can find cheap wood, um, you can build some nice raised beds. Yeah. You know, the act of actually building that with your kid is just unbelievable 
experience because not only are you taking the you know your idea of planning what you're going to do but then putting it into practice and assembling it mm-hmm. you have a little bit more ownership there the idea of watering without you know drowning or watering without you know underwatering yeah those it's special those, care those just special care life skills those those hands-on skills i think are you know we, we lack those, right? In, in the, in the yeah, day-to-day. we don't get to do a lot of that stuff. I know that our girls are really going to look forward to building like a little fairy fairy house in their garden, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's lots of opportunities for arts and crafts, and you can paint the outside of your raised beds and, or bird houses if you want to put one in your garden. And yeah, yeah so th- there can be lots of good art opportunities. Oh, the other thing that I like about it is that it's a draw to the outside, whether it's in the morning if you're going out there and picking off slugs or in the evening you know, making sure there's no aphids on your plants, things of that nature, getting yourself out there and really enhancing that outdoor experience. Mm -hmm. I think what you'll find is if you do a garden, you're going to get fallout effects into your outdoor learning space. You know, you may actually spend more time outside talking about, you know, the trees you have in the backyard or the bushes that you have against the house or the flowers that are blooming over here or the grass or questions about, you know, oh, I'm, when I dig up, you know, and I check on the potatoes, I dig over here and I found worms over here. Are they the same worms? Well, let's look it up. Like, I think you'll just find more enrichment because you're being drawn outside and you're going to get that experience of discovery in nature, the discovery in your own backyard, that there's so much there for them to find. I think you're going to see fallout from, a good fallout from learning about other things in your backyard. And I think the garden will help draw that out. Yeah, I th- I think so. It's always great to have an excuse, another excuse to spend time outside and have something to work on. Yep. I think it's great too to create a connection with nature. It helps for one, us yeah. to appreciate uh, appreciate what nature provides for us and mm-hmm. uh, help us to be good environmental stewards as your children grow and you know understand why it's so important that we take care of the earth and all of that by actually being there physically, getting their hands in the dirt, yeah. growing things, eating what they grow. It just, it makes a connection I don't think that you can get by just studying it in a book. Absolutely. You know, like this week we've been doing our around the world journey. We were studying in Southeast Asia and we were talking a lot about rice production Mm -hmm. with my daughter and she she was just blown away how much water is used and then when water isn't, we watched a video about a a guy who dry grows rice, not in patties, you know, um, not doing the flood method and being able to do that in a sustainable way, bringing in that environmentalism understanding about water and nutrients and fertilizer used do, do we just you know put fertilizer on it or do we use compost you know what is the best choice what are the differences you know what are the environmental effects especially if you guys are dry, if you guys are going to be gardening in kind of a dry area talking about water use talking about water you know conservation of water you know we live in a very special place of the world where we are we are have a glut of water most of the year, but our summers are actually very dry. Yeah, they can be. We will go 30 to 100 days with no rain. And it, it's kind of crazy to think that Seattle doesn't have rain, but we don't. Sometimes we don't. We will have, like last year was a very dry summer for us. And talking about conserving water and not wasting water, you know, and how that how that applies into your food, you know, thinking about how, how many times you're watering these plants, how much water you had to put onto that just to grow that tomato, just to grow that that leaf of lettuce. Right. You know, it I gives you the, a new appreciation. It gives you a really, I hope, hopefully it can give that appreciation. That's another aspect of gardening that I think is educational that you can pull, you know, deeper, more philosophical learning, even at a very young mm-hmm. age. 
I agree. One of the things that I like the most about it is teaching our children how to how to make a plan, yeah. right? A, a bunch of gardening is planning. Okay, this is the space I have. This is what I want to grow. Here's what I want to grow next to each other, right? Companion planting and things. Or this is the this is the space. And okay, I'm going to trellis beans up the back, and then I'm going to grow or, other things. Or in you're going to just sequentially plant, like oh, I'm yeah. going to plant lettuce. I'm going to harvest that lettuce. I'm going to have to have new lettuce exactly. ready. Exactly. What time of year you're going to plant? And 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 you're right. Uh, how you're going to harvest and rotate if you do only have small beds. There's a lot of planning, problem solving, organization, all those skills, which, you know, we can't just put down uh, on a sheet of paper. Oh, yeah, I did page such and such of a workbook. But those skills, being able to plan, to organize, to problem solve when you need to, those are huge life skills that, you know, I know we all want our kids to walk away being good at that because that's going to help them really be successful as adults. Well, and I think that planning and organization leads into the next thing, which is this idea of responsibility, this personal Absolutely. responsibility, especially if you have assigned them a section of the garden to take care of or they have their own garden that they're trying to grow. They know they have to show up on a daily basis. They have to care for their plants. It's, you know, it's like having a pet. And it's cheaper. It's cheaper pet. <laughs> and having that kind of that re- repeated responsibility can help, you know, instill that value that we all are looking right. for, that drive to take care, the drive of responsibility, the drive of doing your chores and doing the responsible thing. You know, a garden can be a great, great thing for that. It absolutely can. It also teaches our kids patience. It's really yeah. hard in this world of like instant gratification. <laughs> we have uh, knowledge instantly. I can order something on Amazon, have it tomorrow. I mean, it's... Our kids are used to getting things but, quickly. But darn it, that corn takes 100 days to grow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does. I think it teaches them to be patient, to wait. You know, good things are worth waiting for, that old adage. I, I think that that's true. Gardening is a great way. You cannot rush it. There's nothing you can do to make that tomato grow faster. So you just, you, you know, you can give it lots of fertilizer and things, but it's, it's going to take a certain amount of time. So I think it's good. Teaches patience, also teaches observation. While they're being patient and or yeah. impatient and waiting, you know they're they're observing how the plant is changing and what's happening to it. That's well, a whole well, unit study in itself. Yeah, though. watching the plant, like understanding the different stages oh, of it. You know? The, you know, the leaves are turning a little bit yellow on the edge. What does that mean? Or they're right. turning brown, and there's or there's um there's a little bit of a dusty mold on there. You know, what can I can I you know put some neem oil to get rid of these bugs? You know, or yeah. yeah, how can I solve that? Observing problem? it before it gets out of control, right? Observing that something is wrong, and I think that's. I think I've heard some of the adages around farming where some of the best farmers in the world will know what's wrong by just you know seeing that first hint of of, of issues on the edge of the leaves. And they know, okay, I got to come in here and I got to do this or I got to do that. Yeah, something is something never, is not right. They never let it get to a point where it's such a problem that they're fighting uphill, right? And that's, I think, a lot of that learned skill. But learning that observation thing, oh, something's munching on my strawberries. What is it? Right. Oh, it's birds. What if we got some netting to put over the, then my strawberries are fine, right? Or where all my blueberries are being eaten by the birds or these slugs are eating my lettuce. How do I, how do I take care of that? Right. right. And then, and there, then there's a, a whole, you know, making like, okay, we have slugs. All right. Are we going to use copper line? Are we going to use a, a saucer full of beer or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that yeah, you can exactly. deal with slugs, for example, but then you've got to put that plan into action too. Or, or just, or doing the hard work that, which is the next one, just doing the hard work and going out there every night and picking as many slugs as you possibly can and, and taking down that pressure. I don't right? want to count the number of nights 
you guys, we went out into our greenhouse <laughs> or out into our fields and we had these buckets, just like big buckets. Five, and, no, the five gallon Home Depot buckets. And we would take We'd and fill them like we would have like little planting, little uh, smaller pots, what were they, quart pots or something. And we would, with our gloves, and we would pick slugs at night and then we'd dump them into the five gallon bucket at the end. And we would toss them like, you know, we way far away from the you know the garden we had like 20 acres of slugs that converged yeah. on our you some, know some of those nights we were just staring at each other like oh, man i wish they find the you know the cure to aging is somewhere in slugs we'd be rich right <laughs> we i mean we would pick hundreds of slugs hundreds, every single and, and yeah. that's when we realized that maybe this property wasn't this wasn't gonna work out <laughs> but you know i mean yeah it's a lot of hard work getting out there and weeding and caring for your plants I and need to watering raise, i them. need to raise ducks yeah exactly that's the thing um it's it's a lot of hard work and, and and along that hard work is success and failure and i think absolutely you know one of those great life lessons we always want to you know let our kids um feel as the as the railings of failure let them grind mm-hmm. along that and then rescue them right at the end and that you know builds character builds perseverance you know my boss always crudely used to tell me he goes i'll I'll give you enough rope to let you hang yourself, but I'll rescue you right as you're falling. And knowing that I had that responsibility knows that I could fail and the failure is too so scary that I'm, I'm going to work really hard to try to succeed. And, you know, understanding that. Not success- that we want gardening to be a tense and <laughs> anxiety written thing. That made it sound like well, yes. big penalty. Sweetie, if you don't grow the food... We won't have any food to eat. <laughs> no. I think stakes are pretty low. Stakes are pretty low. Yeah, it you know it but, is but hard even, work. But even, at, but even at a six-year-old level, you know, if their flowers get munched, they feel like they failed somehow. Well, right, right? they won't get those flowers to put on the table later. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, or that lettuce. I mean, think about the the reward that you get from harvesting your own lettuce and serving it for lunch. I mean, mm-hmm. our kids are going to be able to do that this summer. They're going to be able to harvest things from their garden. And we're going to be able to eat that. I think that that's such a such a reward for all that hard work and that perseverance. I think it's going to teach our kids a lot of grit, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's grit is such a. I almost feels a little bit intangible, intangible, but I feel like this this is going to teach Unat- them yeah, that it's, it's really unattainable sometimes. It feels like right that you know they they have to stick it out. That it's difficult. This isn't an easy thing to do. Uh, where it's just, I mean, the, it's funny the the seed planting part's always, always really easy, right? You get the little seed pods that usually like the little jiffy starts or whatever, and <laughs> yes. put water on them and, oh, they look so cute. And then you p- poke a little seed in them and you're like, ah, oh, this was so fun, you know? And then the little cotyledon leaves come up and you're like, oh, look, everything's growing. This is amazing. And you plant it and then it's like, oh. Oh, sunburnt and died. Yeah, or didn't get enough water, or the <laughs> soil pH was wrong, or weeds choked it out, or slugs ate it, or whatever. It's like, then it all becomes really real. You never had a shot. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do always, depending on what you grow. Um, but I think it, it teaches our kids a lot of things. And sometimes, what I think is interesting, you're good at this, right? You you know how to garden. I'm, a, I'm like not a good gardener. I don't know how to garden. I, I don't... I don't have a green thumb or anything. And when I grow things just myself, um, you have to come and rescue me often. But, you know, sometimes we're all going to fail. Sometimes we and our kids, we're going to learn together mm-hmm. this this skill of how to grow our own food or to grow flowers or whatever it is we want to grow. Sometimes that's not going to work out <laughs> no. for any of us. And, and we are going to fail. And I think that's going to teach us something valuable, too, about getting back up and making a different plan for the next year or mm-hmm. the next time that we can plant, too. So let's talk a little bit of the advice, you know, when you're gardening with the kids. I think the first thing you want to do is be upfront and set boundaries with your kids, mm-hmm. um, especially if you have a garden that is more mature. 
and you've put a lot of capital, you know, life capital into it. Yeah. You don't, and you have plans and you've been doing it a lot and they've always watched from outside the fence. And when you're actually bringing them in, you know, this could be an important space for you. And so they need to respect that. Or Mm -hmm. if you're creating something new, like, okay, I'm not gonna let you in my garden, (laughs) but I'm, I'll give you this, I'll make you a new little garden. I will call it your garden, you know, setting up the boundaries and having them understand what they're getting themselves into, you know, what are going to be the expectations? You know, what are the responsibilities? Being upfront, I think, is really important because I think that, you know, when you remind them that, hey, go, you got to go weed your garden. You got to go water your plants. It's, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. They haven't been watered today. They're going to, they're going to be suffering today. Don't make mm-hmm. your plants suffer, right? So, you know, giving them those responsibilities and setting up those boundaries, I think, would probably be a a real good first start, especially yeah. when you're bringing in those kids. Yeah, subtle on, you know, what role you want them to take in the garden or in their own garden, and especially with the little ones, really setting those boundaries. Because, you know, gardens, while they're really great, can also be places that aren't safe. Exactly. So, you know, there are there are stakes in the ground, there are trellises to hang tomatoes, there are things that wouldn't necessarily be safe. So and sometimes we have the, to be careful with our little ones. Yeah, with us hobby farmers, we'll have a lot of debris and materials in those areas. So it can, mm-hmm. it may not be safe, um, for the young ones to walk right. around. I mean, we want to do our best, obviously to keep things safe, yeah. but it, you know, raised beds and things, there's nails, there's and... nails or sharp corners. There could be, I mean, you know, you've got wood, you've got splinters and stuff. So I think it's really important to go over safety with your kids before you get out there and say, when we garden, we always wear our gloves, yeah, for does, example. Yeah. Ask yourself, does a parent need to be present? <laughs> right. How old are your kids? Do you need to be there with them? Don't ever leave a child unattended in a garden because bad things, bad things will happen. <laughs> Um, make sure that you have the right gear and that they know the rules because sometimes outside is almost like a free-for-all as long as they don't hit each other they can kind of do anything in our backyard usually but there are rules around our garden beds and they know what those rules are and so it's very important that you you know, think on what you want those to be before you get them out there and really set that those ground rules and, and a lot of those ground rules may change over the season especially when there becomes you know fruiting plants mm-hmm. especially when things are growing and they're at kind of a sensitive time you want to be able to articulate that and say hey you know the tomato plants are going to be putting off their their you know flowers this week i want you to just go ahead and flick every single one you see but don't tear them off because that's where the tomato you know that's where the tomatoes are coming from Mm -hmm. you know educating them along the process on what they can and cannot do is not just something you do up front but actually something you may have to do along the way right yeah absolutely i think the other thing with all of this too is that you have to remember if you want to garden with your kids, you're making a commitment as well as you're asking them to, mm-hmm. you know, be responsible and grow too. That um, this is something that you have to think about too. This does take daily, weekly. I mean, maybe you water daily and you weed once a week, or yeah, you know, th- this use, takes effort. The, yeah, using the analogy of, of a pet, right? Like, right. Oh, you know, you wake up every day and you've got to you know, feed your dog. You got to take them outside. You got to take them for a walk. You got to do all these type of things right. and your plants are no different than that. You have to really care for them just like you do with the house, you know, treat right. them like family. 
Well, and, and that really may have an influence. How much time do you have to devote? How much time do you and your yeah. kids have to devote to this? It may make a, a huge difference on the plants that you decide to grow. There exactly. are some things that are very, uh, very intensive and need a lot of special care and attention and other things that they'll grow in an apocalypse, you know? And so you might want to just really think about how hardy different things are, uh, yeah. especially one thing to think about if you have kids that are... Um, you know, prone to getting into things. Maybe you grow, start growing some like more rooting vegetables, things. It's, it's a uh, very tempting for a child to pick a tiny little cute green tomato before it becomes <laughs> a real tomato we can eat. But potatoes under the ground, they get the opportunity to grow nice and big because our kids can't see that fruit. <laughs> so if, depending on the age of your kids and just think about this is a this is a big commitment as a, as a family and how much time you have and, and how much care you're willing to give into the garden because mm-hmm. it would be really I and I, I worry about this too when we start our garden I, I don't want to get into something that is so much that we can't then keep up with it because then we've done the opposite of you know teaching them grit and responsibility and all this stuff because we've fallen down on the commitment that we made to the garden. Yeah, right. So, you know, one of the things that I would definitely say if you're starting and this is your first year is to start small and start with things that are very hardy and easy to grow. Yeah. Um, don't, don't take on too much. It can be very, very exciting, but um, just something to think about with your kids. We want to set a great example for our kids. And if we, if we can't keep up with it, that, you know, that, that doesn't set a good precedent. Yeah, so, that's basically getting your mind right for starting up growing, you know, your own little garden and including mm-hmm. your kids. Next week on Monday, we'll release another episode and we're going to talk a little bit more about the, you know, more of the details. Kind of like it's, this is going. This is the overview episode. Yeah. The next one is like the exactly what to plant well, and well, how to think about, about it. And yeah, think about what to grow. It's the master grow, gardener episode. How to grow, you know, the, all the gardening costs, the gardening size, things of that nature. We'll kind of go into a lot of different ideas and you know, things to think about when you actually start making your selections. You're going to be teaching me. It's like a mini master gardener course. Not really. I've seen the notes, y'all. They're really good. And and I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about the different sizes and costs. And I'm yes. excited. We will all sit down and grow a $78 tomato. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be wonderful. I feel like this is the same thing when I sew. Like I remember I made uh No, it's like I was, I was like, you, I'm no, going gonna... to... It's, like, it's like whenever you try to make tikka masala at home and scratch, you're like, oh, I'm going to make tikka masala. I'm like, oh gosh, that's going to cost $180 to make this meal. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like when I got to was... go and get all this spice. I got uh, right. to get, get a half a teaspoon of this spice, but it only comes in one pound boxes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sew these placemats. They're going to be the prettiest placemats. They did turn out really nice. I think that those placemats each cost me like $30. <laughs> they were the most expensive placemats ever because by the time I bought all this expensive material and the batting and all the pieces and Yes, so we're going to go over things with you and hopefully help you to not grow a twenty-eight or seventy-eight dollar tomato. Seventy-eight dollar tomato. So let's end it the way we always edit something we're into. We have been watching Making Fun on Netflix. We're two episodes in. Um, this is a DIY maker show geared towards uh, very cynical, sarcastic parents and kids who love watching things, silly things being made. Yes. It is. It is like the, it's like the perfect synergy of like a fart joke meets, you know, this old house. <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, like, like, uh, well, BattleBots isn't really right, but you know, it's, it's something it, like it that. It has the element of BattleBots, a but little a bit. little bit more like youthy humor. So basically kids, there's these, there's these four maker guys. Five, and they, five, five. Okay. Five well, they, and they all have different skills 
and kids challenged them to make something. So like the one episode we watched, the kid wanted them to make a unicorn bicycle that farted glitter. Yeah, and but the farting glitter was a, a twist at the end that they had to right. put in at the last minute. Regardless, it's very important. At the era. end, there were bicycle unicorn bicycles that farted glitter. So, so the point is, so it's really funny. Like our kids are cracking up at what they have to build, but then there's a, a ton of engineering yep. and actual real craft skills about how they're going to make this impossible thing, and that's that's the place where there's a lot of education in this show and so it's all about you know well exactly how are we going to rig that up okay well i need to make we need to make a a glitter a fart glitter cannon okay how are we going to do that you know and and talking about how they put it together and all of the craftsmanship involved Mm -hmm. with making all the different pieces that's all really cool my one niggly thing about it (sighs) is there's it's a little it could be a little bit more adult for some people. No, no, it's a little bit sarcastic. So I yeah. would say just be, we do watch this with our six-year-old and she's fine with it and knows that it isn't just, but the the kind of the shtick of the show is that the main guy is a grump that doesn't like kids. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of his character on the show. And so he uses phrases like, well, we got to make what these brats want us to make and things like that. Yeah. So, But the other four guys are actually... They're all very nice. They're it's just nice. the one guy, and that's yeah. his that's that's his character that his he character he playing. begrudgingly makes these crazy things for kids. <laughs> so just just be sensitive to that if you're really sensitive to that yeah. kind of language. There there was no um uh, there was There's no, no bad language, language. It was but it was just bit. that kind of thing. Like, oh, I hate kids. They're making me make this thing. So our daughter is old enough and we kind of explained to her that that's what this guy is. That's his thing that he does. Yeah. Um, so she understands that. But if your kids are sensitive to that or you don't like that, we just want to give that little caveat yeah, yeah, little because caveat. I think that when I first heard it, I was like, wait, wait, what are you guys watching in there? Because I don't like the way that this guy talks sometimes. And, she, and it was like, oh, no, we already talked with our daughter about it. And, you know, you, you told me how I talked with her and she knows that this guy's just playing a part and this is his part. I think that this would be best for kids who were a little bit older, like kind of 10, maybe right, yeah. you know, in that range, 9, 10 or, or older. Uh, because we really enjoyed watching how they made these things. It was actually very, very interesting. Um, well, and, it's also, and couldn't be old enough to understand yeah. the humor of this guy's character. It's also wonderfully shot. It's uh, yeah. very funny. They do a lot of funny uh, slow motion cut segments and graphics. And it is it is from from an from an enjoyability on the way they filmed it and they shot it and they produced it. It's just really top notch. It's really well done for such a... Such a simple little reality TV show, you know, themed show. It's it's really well done. I'm actually, I was actually very surprised that the first yeah. 10 minutes I was hooked. Like I was like, if this is how the show's going to go, this is really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. And the, the projects that they make are outlandish and they're based completely on children's ideas, which is yeah. really cool. I think you just... You, I would say if you're on the fence, maybe you watch one episode and see if you can take the main guy and yeah. if that's okay with you and your, your kids are right. Our kids he's just only, He only does up, that like once know? in a while. Like most, not of the, all the time most of the time he's trying to solve the problems and he's talking with them on how to build it and they're going through the problem solving. Yeah. They never have the kind of like Orange County choppers thing where they're yelling at each other. Oh, no, no. There's it's none of that kind of stuff. It's always very positive nature while they're building. There Sometimes is. there's a little bit of a competition between like two teams, but they're they're never mean about it or anything. Right. But I mean, he'll say stuff like, well, that's just a stupid idea, yeah, you know, right, to the yeah. other team. So there's some of that like language. And, and so just 
just be aware of it. That's why I think that a slightly older, it's better for a slightly older yeah. child who totally understands that that's just a shtick yeah. and isn't going to then repeat that around the house. And, <laughs> and uh, our daughter so far has been all right. She understands that it's just a, that's it's just a, a character just that a they're bit, playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to give that note to you because otherwise the show is really great, but there that's is great. that little, just a little caveat to it. Exactly. So, so making fun on Netflix has got some cool engineering and maybe a little rude humor. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!